Hey guys, and welcome back to the Sitting at My Cubicle podcast. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. I hope you had a ton of green tea shots, some vodka sodas, hopefully no drunk texts, but even if you did drunk text someone, that's totally fine. Don't even worry about it, but they're probably not worth the drunk text, just saying. Um, Today, I interviewed Reagan Anthony, who's super cool. She's a TikToker, she's a stand-up comedian, and she has a new podcast called Bad Advice, which is really awesome, and I'm also on an episode of that, so you should check it out, because it's really funny. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening, as always. Um, Keep telling your friends to follow me, because... I'm hilarious. I'm like the Sammy boy at me and she told me I'm not funny, which like actually when I posted that to my story, so many people replied so nicely being like, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. And I appreciate that. But my post was purely sarcasm. Like if you, <laughs> the way this kid was with a straight face told me that my account isn't funny, like that is comedy, you know? Anyway, um, enjoy my conversation with Reagan, and thanks for listening. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. She is a TikToker, she's a stand-up comedian, and she has a new podcast called Bad Advice. Welcome to the podcast, Reagan Anthony. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. I just finished therapy. How are you? See, you're very put together for just finishing therapy because I always cry after. Like, even if it wasn't a sad session or anything, it just, it happens. I don't really cry, like, <laughs> until it's, like, three weeks later when I stub my toe. Um, and then like, it all comes out. Yeah, like, last year I, like, went through, like, some, like, rough personal stuff over winter break. And then I came home, back to school and I was, like, watching the finale of The Good Place. Um, which is like one of my favorite shows. And my roommate came in my room. We were literally getting ready for a mixer. Like the theme was tight and bright. I'm wearing a like neon sparkly dress. Tight and bright. Oh my God, that's obviously. And she comes in my room and I'm like applying blush, watching this like finale, hysterically crying. And she's like, did something happen? Like, are you okay? Is this about happening? I was like, oh, she's really sad. And she's like, I think that this might be about more than the show. That's so deep. It's always about more than the show. It's always about more than whatever I'm crying about, yes. Well, I'm glad that you just finished therapy because therapy is a wonderful thing and everyone should be in therapy. So you started this podcast. Let's hear about it. Like, what was the inspo behind it? What's the inspiration behind the name? Like, I don't even think I ever asked you this. So I, like, I want, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Not always, but, like, for the last few years because I, like, I think I'm funny and I, like... (laughs) I don't, I, I love, like, I'm a TikToker, I like attention, um, and then when I was kind of talking about what I wanted to do, one of my, like, biggest, I guess, like, inspirations in, like, the social media space, in air quotes, is Ellie Schnitt, who used to have this, like, Mm -hmm. great podcast at Barstool called Schnitt Talk, and it was, like, all about, like, your early 20s in college, um, and, when I worked at Betches, you know, I did like similar content that was about that age group and like being that age. Um, and I've had like a very weird year, just like a lot of really like bad things have happened this year for me. Um, everyone. No, I'm laughing at that. No, it's like it's like in retrospect funny, and like looking back at it, a lot of the bad things that have happened like have been so out of my control. But like also, 
I just like continue listening to people who I think are really smart. And then like, it turns out that they're not smart and they're giving me really bad ideas. And there's so much that like people learn, like that I've learned from that. Um, that like bad advice kind of seems like a good starting place. And I didn't want to use like my handle. Like I didn't want to use at that's a Reagan because it's like the company I work for. I didn't want them to own my name because I, I love the company and I'm like not going to leave there, but it's still like my name. And so one of my coworkers actually suggest, suggested the name bad advice. But yeah, we kind of just talk about like growing up, being in college, being like right out of college and like figuring out how, how to be an adult. <laughs> it's so true what you're saying about bad advice. Like, I feel like a huge part of growing up is realizing that everything you hear from adults, like, I feel like when you're a kid and you grow up, everything your parents say is the truth and what you should do. And every, anything an adult says is what you should do. And growing up is realizing that's not the case. Like, I think something we talked about a lot when I was on your podcast was the pressure to like have a real job and just graduating from college and taking that next step and figuring out what you want to do and sometimes wanting to do an alternate path that might not be making like a, a solid starting salary right away is accepted from adults. And so I like that you're just kind of breaking the mold in that regard and, and realizing that you listening to people wasn't always the right answer. No, I mean, like, I literally just had to fire a therapist who, like, therapists, therapists are supposed to give good advice. That's, like, their whole job. Because my therapist told me to stay friends with my ex. And I was like, I don't think that, like, that, a really bad call. It's one thing to, like, I just don't understand how a therapist could say that. Like, even a friend shouldn't be saying that. How is it? Oh, well, she also was, like when's his birthday and I told her and she was like well your guys is like moon signs and I was like oh we gotta cut this are you are you into that stuff I'm trying to because I feel like that is a move that would be really on brand for me but like not actually I really see that for you I don't know anything about that stuff at all like all I know is that I'm a Leo and someone told me once that they like attention and it tracks so I guess that makes sense sometimes I before I was dating my ex and since we've broken up like when I'm talking to a new guy I'll like kind of gaslight him I guess by asking him like what time he was born and like telling him I was gonna look up his birth chart and because I don't understand any of it like when he asks me for a follow-up I'm like no it was just interesting but this this new guy that I was talking to I was Ooh. like you, what time were you born and he's, he's he's trying to be an actor like this is not a real person <laughs> he was like what time were you born and he was like why and I like told him I was looking up his like birth chart he was like are we compatible and I was like it's just interesting to know okay so yeah I can't relate to that at all anyway are you um so are you dating like what what's up with that okay like no but not no I there was this guy that like after after um my previous relationship conscious uncouplement. I don't remember who said that, but it was really funny. It was some celebrity. Um, I, I like was talking to this guy at school, this like rebound. That was my big friend. Um, okay. And then I, I saw him when I was in Chicago the other week. I love that. That's what I texted you about when I was like, I just made like an unhinged decision and I'm going to Chicago now. Oh, that you went for a boy? 
Well, no, I went to meet my co-host, Matt, but also I was right. like, this is a benefit. And like, he lives, he lives in like Highland Park. So I was like out in the suburbs for a day. I, I love that. So you guys can probably tell that Regan is not a New York Murray Hill girl. And it's so funny because like based on your humor and just Tulane and all that, you just seem like you would be. But I, I really like how you're just not doing that. And I'm not like, I feel like I'm me saying that makes it seem like you should be doing something and you're, you're going against the norm, but it's not even like that at all. But um, do you ever like, tell me what you think is a typical Long Island girls day living in New York after graduation? Okay, so I'm gonna like kind of go off my big, even though she's like from, or she's from like Scarsdale and then moved to Manhattan. Um, okay, sounds choppy. Yeah, she's like my best friend. She, so like, I feel like they all work in like PR or finance, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's advertising. And then like they go out I feel like Sweet Green plays a role in there at some point. Um, <laughs> oh, but do you know what Chopped is, though? No. I it, It's not in Philly. It's in New York. I don't know if it's anywhere else. It's just a salad place, but, like, extra expensive. Like, it's $140 for a kale Caesar salad. I got Absolutely it every not. day when I when I worked there. Like, it's actually so good. But, yeah, and, like, <laughs> it's so funny now that when I lived in New York and worked there, I worked, like, in Soho, kind of, I think. I don't know, in that direction. But um, there was, there were a million places to get lunch. And it was, every day was between Sweet Green or Chopped. And that was the biggest stress of my day. And to go back to a time where deciding which salad place I would get my $17 salad from was the biggest worry I had all day. Like, I kind of would do anything to go back to that point in my life. There's a sweet green under my apartment in Chicago. And I know that's going to be a problem so good. for me. I've never had it. It's a, what? They don't have it here. Yeah. I live in, I live in Buttfuck. They don't have it. They didn't have it in college. They didn't have one in New Orleans. I guess. Oh my, you're like a rare species. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. Like. <laughs> It's funny you say that because my dad is from St. Louis and we always joke like you're from Missouri like you're literally from the most random place in the world it's I feel like we like on the east coast we just view people we're so judgmental and like anyone who's not from literally Pennsylvania New York or New Jersey is just like an alien also like Ohio's literally next to Pennsylvania it is not like far <laughs> my no three of my four roommates in like junior and senior year were from new york and they all thought that um ohio was in like central time zone and i was like no it's eastern no yeah i literally know nothing about geography like you could have told me it was next to california and i would have I, you. i did just learn that ohio is not next to illinois i thought they were next to each other i'm at illinois i, I don't i'm not sure if it's real at all but okay, so going to college, what was it like? Kind of, you know, I know like your podcast now is kind of talking about college to real world, but what was it like? What was your experience like coming into college? Because I feel like I talk so much about like college and Greek life and it being toxic and all that, but I've been trying to think more about like my transition into college because I was definitely like, I'm definitely 
I grew up in the main line, like privileged, sheltered life for sure. But it was just like a whole new level, I think, when I went to Penn State. And like, I feel like I, it was so long ago, I don't really remember it, but I remember kind of like having a hard time adjusting. Did you feel that at all? Yeah. So like, Tulane was kind of a whole different animal for me because I remember coming home from camp the summer before freshman year and like talking to my mom about how I maybe had made the wrong choice deciding Tulane because I was seeing these girls that like I saw in the Facebook group and we all followed each other on Instagram, these big groups of girls from like the tri-state area who were going to Tulane, like go to meetups all summer and like everyone went to Scarsdale High School and everyone went. The meetups. I never went to a meetup and like I thought I was going to have no friends going into it and now looking yeah. at the people that went to the meetups, none of them ever talked once actually in college, but I feel you on that. No, I like remember just like sitting on, literally sitting on my kitchen floor, like hysterically crying that like I should maybe look at transferring to Ohio State because a lot of my friends were going to Ohio State and like we're going to live together um, and they would all be in a at Ohio State. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to make any friends. I, there was, there's one other girl for two other girls from my high school who went to Tulane. They were older than me. And I was like, I'm just not going to make any friends. And I like vividly remember my mom saying, there's going to be someone who lives in your dorm. Cause I lived in Sharp, which is like the Jappy girl dorm. There's going to be someone who lives in your dorm, who's going to have the same backpack as you or something like that. And like you, they'll compliment your backpack or you'll compliment like her backpack is like a joke on the way to class one day and like that'll be your friend and then <laughs> that my is first, so specific it's so specific and then my first like friend at Tulane we were sitting in she was on my floor and we didn't know at the time that we were on the same floor it's the second day of like like Monday Wednesday Friday class it was like a Wednesday we're sitting in our like 8 a.m English class and she looks at me and we have the same backpack and she made a comment and like she was my first friend at Tulane and like that was the spookiest shit your mom's ever. psychic I know and then it like took me a while once I got there. Um, I did like an early move-in program and one of my like family friends whose son went to Tulane, like she came to see my dorm because my parents were there the regular weekend of move-in, which like obviously was hard for me. Um, and she came to see my dorm that weekend and she like left and texted my mom. She's like, Reagan is not okay. Like Reagan is not doing well. And I went through a period of time where I was like gonna transfer. And then I joined the pre-law fraternity and met my big, who is also my pre-law big. Wait, what? Pre oh, yeah. Oh, right. Because you said you thought you wanted to go to law school. Yeah. And <laughs> and then I met, um, like, a group of nicer girls than the girls I was hanging out with. But it wasn't until I rushed in the spring that I, like, actually, like, started feeling comfortable at Tulane. It's, it's really hard, especially just being – away from home even like I think having gone to overnight camp helped in the sense that it wasn't my first time being away from my parents for an extended period of time but it's just such a dramatic change and especially with like all the social pressures and trying to make friends and stuff it's tough so you rushed in the spring yeah and what was that like because there's so many less sororities at Tulane than Penn State like I've I don't know like the statistics or any numbers or anything but at Penn State people still like don't get into sororities and stuff but there's so many that like usually a lot of times people will and get a bid somewhere it's not where they want so they won't take they won't accept it or maybe they will yeah. but like most of the time people will get in somewhere but 
how many sororities are there to, isn't it? That there were eight when I went through recruitment. Um, and then there were, we added a ninth my junior year. Okay. All right. So there's like, but yeah, no, even at Tulane though, like most people don't get dropped, like totally. They just like end up with what they don't want. Some girl like lied and said that she got there on bid day and they handed her an empty card, which is like what didn't happen. She just didn't have the two top houses and like fabricated this whole story and like put it on the Odyssey. And it was a huge deal. Oh my God. Because of course people are going to believe that because that's the way the world views. Oh my, the drama. Bad. And then she went to like rush again the next year, and we were like, no. Oh no no no. That's why. Okay, so I feel like this is like off topic, but I hate when people are rude during recruitment. I don't know if you experience this, like yeah. when you're on the other side when you're rushing people. I mean, I'm sure you did. Everyone doesn't sure. But when someone comes in and you know they've already made up their mind that it's not you, it's someone quote unquote cooler than you, and they're so rude. And then like obviously, I don't want bad things to happen to anyone. But it's funny sometimes when they don't get it the one that they wanted and then they have to come back like begging for bids it's like I just hate that I I experienced that so much especially just because how my shorty was like in comparison to the other ones similar to yeah, we I had like tried a to- lot of the same things and like at Tulane yeah. everyone's friends with people in other houses like things get around if someone is rude to me at SDT like which was like a very like middle at Tulane like I am going to tell my friend who is in PiFi like yeah did you know what you wanted to do going into recruitment or did like what was the process like like yeah. was it a difficult process for you or was it kind of easy well going? so my mom was an sdt and then me my, too oh my god and then but I'm not. <laughs> my um big who i became really close with before i rushed because we were like pre-law big and little was also an sdt and she was like only when she was drunk and like never like actively like actually but like actively dirty rushing me all the first semester she was like yeah, it, it, you're gonna be my like my she met my mom at parents weekend and she was like you're gonna come back for reagan's initiation like reagan's gonna be my little all of this stuff and then the girl who i knew really well from my high school that was two years older than me at tulane was also in it so i kind of knew i wanted to be in it um and then i like was I was at like some of the like top houses kind of far in the process until sisterhood day I fell down the stairs leaving Kappa and like (laughs) I knew at SDT the girls would have been like laughing with me because I started laughing it was funny and then the girl at Kappa was like aren't you embarrassed like that's so embarrassing (gasps) I was like I'm dropping this house I actually like I had like yeah, like I had a, I had like a good rush experience because I kind of, I mean, I like wasn't open-minded at all. I ended up at like AEFI and SCT on prev and was like, not super considering AEFI, but like was definitely like, it wasn't a hard choice because I like knew I wanted to be an SCT, but like I have, I like definitely was lucky um, just because I got like matched at every house with like the right girls, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it can be a tough process. It is nice when you kind of know people going into it and dirty rushing. I mean, uh, like if I, I also went to a school where I knew so many people from Philly go to Penn State and from my camp and from school, like just everything. So I knew so many people going in in all different stories. So it's like, you're not, not going to talk to those people, just kind of get a better understanding, but it can be like a stressful process. And I feel like now 
I mean, even now looking back, it, it's not the end of the world, what sorority you're in. And at the end of the day, the process does somewhat work. You really are somewhere that you are likely going to fit in and make friends. But it just is wild how much it really determines your friendships. And like, like you were saying, people are friends with people in different shorties. That's, I guess, similar at Penn State, but definitely freshman year it's really not like that and understandably people are really excited about what they just joined and everything and like all of that and I totally understand that but people are like the sororities are mean to each other I kind of feel like do you guys do fall rush so I think now Penn State does it in the spring but when I rushed it was in the fall so like literally got to school had one week (laughs) like always say like silly week before rush was the best week of my life because like you could just do whatever and and though everyone I knew from camp like let me into Sammy and didn't know to be mean to me yet because they didn't know what sorority I was going to be in and so um then everyone rushed and so it was like it was all right away which was nice because honestly I think if we had rushed second semester I'd probably be in something different just because who I would have been friends with that semester probably would have influenced my decision I'm not really sure but it really is crazy how much it like it, it solidifies your group of friends and like people, at least in my experience at freshman year did not speak to other people. And it was kind of a shame because I yeah. did become friends with a lot of people who ended up doing other sororities. And like at the end of the day, we're all so like similar. And sometimes you can see even by like senior year, people would branch out and people's new friend groups would be a mix of different sororities. Mm. But for so long, that just wasn't, a thing like it was so defined because it was like competitive like it doesn't end just at rush everyone's competing to get socials with the same frats and it's just it's a crazy concept to think back yeah. on like my friends from first semester that like I'm still friends with um all ended up in different houses which was nice but like the other thing is when I went abroad it kind of felt like rushing almost all over again because I went abroad with like all, like all Tulane girls were on my program. Where did you go abroad again? I went to London. Okay. Where did you, did you go? I went to Madrid, yeah. Okay. But I visited Classic. London. Oh my, okay, it was a whole thing. Do you know what Tiger Tiger is? It's like yeah, a I love Tiger Tiger. Okay, like London I just had like a ridiculous abroad experience the whole of it like I kept getting sick I had to go to this like hospital in Madrid with the translator all these times like it was just such a mess I was always crying like always I lost my well I didn't lose this the second day or the third day of abroad or something like that we went out and I got really drunk and like a literal like a Madridian is that a word a Spanish man asked for my number and he took my phone and ran away with it and I lost my phone so I had to use an iPad as a phone for two weeks until I could get a new iPhone I was like walking around Switzerland with my iPad like I was such a mess but when I went to London I really wanted to go to Tiger Tiger and like my friends that I was visiting with didn't want to go or something like it was a whole weird weekend and I don't even remember exactly what happened, but somehow I was outside of Tiger Tiger hysterically crying, like screaming at my friends, like being an actual psychopath. And like, literally my friends were just like standing like 10 feet away like being like trying to call an Uber being like, what do we do? Like, she's so annoying. And I'm literally just sitting there sobbing. And truthfully, it's because I wanted to go to Tiger Tiger because this boy I knew 
yeah was going to be in there and like i won't get into details but if i did like if that had worked out the whole trajectory of my entire life would be changed just saying um but yeah so it was it was tragic and like literally i was just hysterically crying outside of it and these strangers thought something was wrong so they walked up to me and they're like hi are you okay and i was like get away from me like being an actual psychopath so that that's my memory of london <laughs> I like, we didn't do a ton of traveling um, because Brexit was while I was there and our like people, like the people in charge of us kept being like, we don't know if you will be able to come back if you leave. That's crazy. Like do whatever you want. Like I went to Oktoberfest, I went to, um, I was in the fall, I went to Amsterdam and we went to Paris, but like my parents didn't let me go to Barcelona because I went to Amsterdam without asking them, even though I like, paid for my own ticket. It was like this whole thing. They didn't let me go to Barcelona when everyone else went to Barcelona. So I was just like stuck in London for the weekend with my camp friends so who are British. So, so everyone goes, so Tulane, you go abroad in the fall. Mm-hmm. Does everyone do that? So Mardi Gras. You, right, right, right. So you don't have, do you have like an abroad fest in the fall? Do you know what that is? It's like Oktoberfest is like a broad fest. But in Barcelona? People do Halloween in Barcelona. Everyone goes to Barcelona for Halloween and then everyone goes to Munich for Oktoberfest. Got it, got it. It's so funny how like, I'm like, you don't know what a broad fest is? Like these structures that I've created in my head about like the thing us Jewish girls are supposed to do throughout our lives that I'm like trying to unlearn. One of my um, roommates went abroad in the spring and like did, or was going to do the whole abroad fest thing but then COVID. Let's talk about abroad. Honestly it is the most incredible experience if you can do it. There's really not another time that you can live in another country for like a whole semester and be able to travel so easily and go to all these places but Oh, wait, you were talking. I interrupted you. So you were talking about it was a lot of people from Tulane? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it was almost like going through the, like, sorority rush process all over again because, like, Tulane does, like, Tulane programs in different places for the most part. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, so everyone comes back to Tulane with these new friend groups of people that, like, you might not have known or known well or might not be in your sorority that like you didn't have before abroad. And so then all of a sudden, like when you're an upperclassman, your friend group grows so much. And like, because Tulane is so small, by the end of like senior year, especially, it's just like most of Greek, at least most of Jewish Greek life, like AFI, SDT, ZBT, and like Sikai, even though they weren't Jewish, like was just one big, large group of like people because it was just so, like all of my friends from abroad were AFI. Um, and like one girl in my sorority and like we just formed this whole like new group of people i love that i feel like it was not as integrated as that at penn state but and not because of abroad but i just think as you get older also penn state you can't go to bars until like you're a senior like or they're very strict about id so you can't really go to your 21 till you're 21 and most people don't want to because the frats are fun so kind of like by senior year, I feel like it becomes more integrated solely based on the fact that people just get over themselves a little more and get over their egos, especially girls. Boys are still very much like weird and strict and just like yeah. their brains are too small to like comprehend anything besides supply chain. But um, yeah, it does become that way. It's I feel like from what I saw abroad, it's not people's friend groups grow, but it's from different schools. Like it's almost like, setting you up 
to go live in Murray Hill in New York after because it'll yeah. be like a, a, like roommates from like Penn State and Michigan and Maryland and all these different schools and it's I don't know the at least in the spring most people go not most people but a lot of people go to Barcelona and that's where it's like very 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 seedy and so I purposely didn't want to go there I actually had to go to Madrid because one of my majors was Spanish which is hilarious because I can't even pronounce anything in Spanish anymore but um I didn't want to go to Barcelona because it was so sceny like times a million um but I don't know like I think there's pros and cons to that it's just abroad as a whole is just like such a cool experience like even abroad obviously I had so much fun but I cared so much more about like going out and where everyone was going that weekend and like what you were supposed to do than actually taking the time to like appreciate being in yeah. all of these different countries and the culture and the languages and the food and just every little thing. Like I always think abroad, abroad fest in the spring is like a huge weekend in Barcelona. Like everyone goes that weekend and Bars is like such a cool place. I, and I didn't get to experience it whatsoever. Like I was so worried about where everyone else is going to be and oh am I going to see this boy am I going to see like where is everyone like what what times of pregame what am I wearing I was so worried about that that I didn't even get to appreciate it like I remember there was one day where some of my friends went to see like some historical thing I don't know and I didn't because it looked like everyone else was drinking on the beach and so like I obviously wanted to be drinking on the beach with the scene and like in, in hindsight it doesn't really matter I still had a good time but I just cared so much more about the social scene than anything else. No one really in ZBT, which is like where I like lived, basically like went abroad. So it was like, okay, like this is a semester for like me and for me and this girl that I went abroad with who like was in a similar position as me for like her and I to be like, okay, like this is the semester that we're not gonna think about boys, which like kind of worked for us. I like started talking to this like Northwestern guy that was in like some of my classes abroad. And so like, that was a whole thing. And like, I definitely was like, oh, I want to go to, I want to go to Tiger Tiger because like <laughs> blah, 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 is going to be there. But like, it definitely was like almost kind of a rude wake up call to me because like my, my friends that like my close, close friends who we all went abroad different places were like, even if they like had like some time between classes, they were going sightseeing and whatever. And like, I was like, oh, I like should probably take like a practice test right now. And I was- That sounds like torture. As someone who has taken so many practice LSAT tests, wow. But it seems like you, you found yourself abroad. Would you agree? Yeah. And I hate <laughs> saying it. <laughs> no, it's because funny. I'm it's the not, worst, it's not right? in the way. It's not in the way that like, corny people say it like it's not like you went to London and you were like the streets are so beautiful like I like you know Changed like you, it life. was just a it was just it was just a realization you had you could have been like on the streets of Hawaii I don't know right like like I was going to have been in Iowa if I like did the campaigning thing I would have spent the semester in Iowa like no. it's better you figure it out now but I think that's why you're yeah. such a good person to like talk about this stuff with. And obviously that's why your podcast is going to be so great to talk about all of this because 
it does take, I think people do burn out at different times and usually it's not until like they're 40 or something and they realize I yeah. don't, I, I never, my parents made me major in business and then I got this job because that's what you're supposed to do. And there's all these things you're supposed to do. I'm using air quotes because it's not true. And I totally relate to you on that front because I kind of feel similarly, like I'm in law school, obviously it's like a particular path, but I don't really feel that my path is going to be the same way as a lot of other people in law school. And going back to what you were saying about like, it's helpful to actually not listen to what adults tell you. Like I'm kind of trying to trust my instincts and trust my gut and like, not be like a total crazy person, like ruin any chances of a future career I can have, but to try to, to realize that something you're expected to do isn't what you actually want to do and to follow your own path and listening and listen to yourself is so hard to do. And for you to realize that at such a young age is so impressive. I think also like, I was the kind of student who like freshman year of high school was like, I'm going to Columbia. I'm going to Columbia for journalism. After I go to Columbia for journalism and undergrad, I'm going to get a dual degree at Georgetown in like public policy and constitutional law. Like that is my plan. I also though at the time had like undiagnosed learning disabilities that like we didn't know I had until I was 16. So I was working really, really, really hard in school and getting C's and D's. And I was like, because of that, like foot full on the gas pedal for four straight years. Like after I committed to Tulane, I ED to Tulane, I um, like still did my homework every day. Like I had a roommate and I'm still doing my homework and studying for every single test, which is like, you should still do it senior year, but like you don't have to like, and then in senior skip day, I was like, I don't think I should go to senior skip day because we have a physics test the day after. And my mom was like, are you kidding me? She's like, please <laughs> go to senior skip day. Please be a, be a rebel. Right. And then, and then I got to college and I was like, I have to get a 4.0 every semester um, because I want to go to an Ivy League law school. Because when I like started looking at colleges, my college counselor was like, Reagan, you're not going to get into Columbia. So don't even bother applying. So I didn't apply. <laughs> Tough love. When I got a 4.0 freshman year, I did send her my transcript and I was like, what, what? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? That's so funny. Yeah, it's, I, I was very similar. Like high school was just, I worked really hard, but it was kind of, like, easy, like, just to get good grades and stuff for me, and, like, I feel like as I got older, like, I, in school, just, like, got a little harder. It is kind of, was kind of, like, a wake-up call for me, and that, like, like, I'm not the smartest person, I mean, especially in law school, it's, like, I'm not the smartest person in the room, and I'm never gonna be, but there's other skills that I can harp on, um, I forget where I was going with that, but no, I just think it's, I think it's so cool that you're doing stand-up. I want to tell you, I actually, today, I watched your, was that last, yeah, it was the last night you went to stand-up again, and I was going to text you, but I wanted to tell you in the podcast, like, you, just the improvement from the first one you did, like, you just look so much more confident, so, you look like such a natural, I could never even picture myself looking like that on stage, and you just, like, you're such a rock star, you're so funny, like, I'm, like, I want to be you. Thank you. It's honestly like, it's one of those things that like, so Elise Morales, who, who worked at Batches with me, she's a stand-up. She's like a hysterical comedian. Um, she also has like a really funny podcast. I don't know why I'm like plugging all of her shit, but like, she's awesome. <laughs> and I texted her after my first time doing stand-up and I was like, how, like, how do I get better at it? And she's like, honestly, Regan, like you just have to keep doing it. 
And like when I asked her before I started, if I, she had any tips, she was like, you just have to do it. Like, it's one of those things that like, I definitely, and I said this about improv when I like started doing improv classes. Like, I think every person should have to take improv, like one or two improv classes. Like, I think any person who wants to do like anything, like anything that's not just Excel should do stand up and improv because it just like, it, it unlocks such a like interesting part of like your brain and like way to communicate. And like, you would be, you are very funny. You would be really good at standup, I think. Well, I like, I like that stuff. Like I really like public speaking. Like the reason I wanted to go to law school, I'm really sorry if you can hear my dogs barking. Like they're so annoying. Um, the, one of the reasons I wanted to go to law school is because I think the concept of trial is so interesting because at the end of the day, it's like, it's acting kind of like you're putting on a show, you're convincing people of something. Um, so I think that stuff is like so interesting, but you also have the theater background, which, you know, I want to get into this. Are you like, a, like you're a theater girl. I am a theater girl. I think it goes in terms of better to worse. I think it's theater girl then horse girl, but do you agree? So, so I was a theater girl in the sense of I cannot sing and I cannot dance, but my whole friend group did musical theater and could sing and dance. So I played like okay. the tree. I got cast as like a lead role my junior year in Into the Woods. I don't know why they cast me as that. I had six songs to sing. They asked me to speak through every single song instead of singing it. Like, I was not talented in theater, but like, I think the theater kids who are like, and I wasn't like intense about it either. It was just like something that I thought was like fun when I wasn't doing speech and debate. Um, Cause like speech and debate was only like a little bit of the year. Um, I was also a debate kid, but like, it was, it was like for me more like an extracurricular, but I think the really intense theater kids and the horse kids are the same. Yeah. They give off the same energy, but now that I'm thinking about it, okay, so I was never involved in any of that, but let's just go through it. So to be involved in theater and plays and all that stuff, first of all, great addition to the resume. Everyone's trying to get into the same colleges. You got to differentiate yourself. Second of all, memorization skills. I imagine you have to memorize lines and stuff. And that's one of the things I'm nervous about with stand up is like blinking and stuff. Cause you can see, I can barely even get through a podcast because my brain is like fully empty. Um, so memorization skills, great for the SAT. Yeah. Third, confidence, the confidence to get up there and perform, whether it's just being a tree and standing in the background, like that is so scary. Like I would be so nervous about my angles. Like I was pre-nose job back in high school. I don't want people to see me. Wait, you got a nose job too? Yeah. Do we not talk about this? Yes. Oh, yeah. I basically look the same. Like no one even noticed, but I talk about it every five seconds. I, I never stop talking about it. And I also like look very <laughs> similar to how I looked before. Yeah, I got it after freshman year of college. So I came back and I was like, all right, like, where's my boyfriend? And everyone I got like, mine going into senior year of high school. That is defining. Like, that is bold. Do people talk about it? I feel like I would have been, like, nervous in high school. I got, I I got like, I also, straight up bullied in high school for having a big nose. Um, I, was, I was Rachel Berry, but, like, without talent. It, <laughs> high school was not a good time, like, for me. Um... But it was like, it was horrible because we took our pictures for the senior yearbook at the end of junior year. 
And then you have like your fancy no. senior pictures next to your school senior pictures. And my fancy senior pictures were taken post nose job. So it looks like a before and after. There you go. There you have like a, a published before and after picture. I always have to go back when people want to see what I look like before, even though it was basically the same. I just go back to my prom picture and I had like a sparkly emerald dress and then it just, it's just never a good look. Um, but anyway, going back to these theater kids, justice for the theater kids. You have memorization, confidence, building up your resume, and you probably can learn, I mean, making friends, making friends with similar interests. And I just think it's an overall great experience. I take back everything I said, justice for the theater kids. Um, I'm going to make my kids participate in the plays. I just decided that, but I've never had a boyfriend, so it's a long time from now, maybe in 50 years, I'll have a kid. And anyway, I totally, like, let's normalize changing your opinion about things. Normalize okay. changing your opinion. I actually, okay, so I'm a big High School Musical, the musical, the series fan. Um, Wait, I've never watched it, and I keep meaning to because I You really have to, it's movies. so good. Okay, I'm, I'm going to watch it. And it does such a good job of, like, showing that, like, there are theater kids who are also cool. Like... No, and it's, like, it's so funny when you, I don't know what your high school was like, but my high school, like, it wasn't really the same as the stereotypes in movies and stuff. Like, let's see, like, I'm trying to even think back. I can't even think of a specific person that was good in, that was in the place. I don't know. But if I had to, like, be mean for a second, it was probably, actually, I don't even, I don't know. I can't think. So I don't know if they were weird or not. But, like, at my high school, it wasn't, like, so my football team, so Kobe Bryant went to my high school. So, and he didn't go to college, so, like, all this money went to my high school, so the basketball program was really intense and really good. So, we were a basketball school. No one cared about the football team. It, losers, they were so bad. It was so embarrassing. Sorry if you were on the football team. You sucked. I, I hope you're working at PwC or something. I don't know why I always use PwC. Like, I it just, it, it works. One. Grant Thornton. Are those even the same? Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, I feel like in movies and stuff, it's always the football team. Like, no. Big losers then it's so then it wasn't even like the cheerleaders were like the most popular girls in school like that wasn't the vibe whatsoever and then for some reason my agree like the people who were involved in like student government and stuff like were cool but then the cool people there were like a group of cool people and then a group of people who like went out and partied a lot and they were also cool but they weren't like the cool people does that make sense no that does ours like ours is like the band, the boys in band and the boys in mock trial, but just the guys were like hot shit. Then the girls who are on the drill team. Where are these boys in mock trial? Are they in law school somewhere? Can you give me some numbers? Like, yeah, I actually, they all like, if I like even like saw them in public, they'd be like, I've never seen this girl in my life. Wait, so band and mock trial were the, the studs. Yeah, and then like, Okay, your, your school was way more backwards than my school. And then, like, no, but then for the girls, like, the soccer team, the cheerleaders, and, like, the drill team, like, the dance team, like, those were the cool girls. So, like, it was, like, I the forgot for the guys, and then, like, normal for the girls. Yeah. It was weird. I love that. Let's normalize band geeks. But I I forgot about sports. Okay, so I played, like, the weird sports. I played volleyball, or I played softball. Actually, I don't even think I played. Anyway, so then I quit. And then I played volleyball, which I think is a cool sport, and I actually really liked it, but it, like, wasn't popular. But the cool girls did field hockey and lacrosse. Okay, and field hockey was weird at my school, and I did field hockey. 
field hockey was cool. And like, honestly, I did think for a second about doing it just to be cool, but I wasn't in the group. Like, I mean, this is opening a whole different can of worms, but honestly, I should do an episode about this one time. Like the process of my stages of like friend groups from elementary school through middle school to high school, because it was so traumatic. Like sixth grade was the worst experience in my entire life. And sometimes like I'm scared to have a daughter because I'll know she'll have to go through sixth grade. And that is just like something that should never happen to a young, innocent girl who just wants friends and just wants to be invited to the sleepover, okay? And just but, wants to be cool. Yeah. I, no, I was the exact same way in sixth grade. I switched schools after sixth grade because it was so bad. I went to an all-girls school in seventh grade. It was worse there, so then I had to go back to my public school. Oh, um, so you went back to the same school? Yeah. Oh my god, all girls school. I can't even imagine. And like, how do you that? I don't know. I don't know how you do that. You can't. You have to change your hair and like get a nose job. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was traumatic. Like basically there were I think six elementary schools and they all went into two high schools. Am I getting or middle schools? Am I getting that right? So you come in and so I would say elementary school, cool ass bitch. Like I was so cool. I was running recess like I ran it then element middle oh my god then middle school came and all the cool groups from all the elementary schools morphed into one and sat in the center of the cafeteria like I can picture it now and so those are my friends right because they'd all kind of knew each other from like dance class or like whatever some losery stuff and I was trying to cling on to my friends that were my friends and um Unfortunately, they did not feel the same way about me and they were so excited about their new friends. And so eventually I just like kept not getting invited to sleepovers and you know, feeling excluded. And like literally, I think that triggered all my issues that I have about being excluded from stuff. Like that I have to talk about in therapy. These girls should be paying for my therapy now. But yeah, they just like kind of stopped being friends with me and like they would always be invited to sleepovers or if I was invited to the sleepover, they always would talk like and leave me out and it was horrible and it was just like, the worst thing ever and then I had to like figure out who I wanted to be friends with so then I went to this other friend group that I thought would be my friends because my friend was already friends with them but like they were kind of cool too and so they didn't want to take me under their wing because I was a weirdo and my hair was really curly and my nose was big and then justice like, for I, girls just, with curly hair and big noses like yes yes honestly I'm not even like confident in it I still straighten my hair all the time like I should post a picture one day of my curly hair it, it looks nothing like what I look like on my Instagram you do it well though you rock the curls justice justice for theater girls with curly hair and big noses okay yeah because I think that's gonna be my daughter like, <laughs> and I don't want you have, have you do have like theater either. girl energy do you think it's so funny okay like I'm now I totally see why you say that but when I was a kid I did not speak like any of my family friends that knew me since when I was a kid like don't even understand who I have become like my mom says it all the time like I was so quiet so shy so afraid of taking up any space like so reserved so for me to have some theater it just wasn't in the cards for me but now I do give off former theater girl energy I can totally see that yeah, no, I like, I was super weird from like kindergarten on. And like the problem was that like a lot of my friends were also in the group of people that was like friends with the cool people, but not the cool people. So like it'd be a Friday night and like I would text them and I'd be like, hey, like, do you want to whatever? And they're like, no, we're going to this girl's party. So then what did I start doing on Fridays and Saturdays? 
BBYO. <laughs> oh my god! I, you know, I never did BBYO or USY or any of that stuff. So, you scream BBYO. You, <laughs> the vibes. Oh my god, that's so funny. But I really relate to that. I even my whole life, like even now, like literally throughout every time period of my life, I've been the girl who I'm friends with the cool people, but I'm not necessarily in there. I'm always a floater. Like. I hate being tied down to a friend group. I'm always friends with everyone. And I feel like in high school and college, my friends would get annoyed because like it, it, they thought it was social climbing or something, but I was just like being myself. I'm just friends with everyone. But so I wouldn't get the invites and stuff in high school because I wasn't in their group chats. I wasn't in their group, but I was right. friends I was with like them. I was, I was, I was on the border. I was, I was cool girl adjacent. That, that is my brand. I need to rebrand cool girl adjacent. That is me all the time and that's a really good instagram cool bio girl? cool girl yeah maybe i'm gonna ch- i don't have a bio besides putting my cute i'm gonna make it that cool girl cool girl adjacent girls do bbyo yeah and that's and i was hot that. shit in bbyo like <laughs> let's be very clear i was the coolest in bbyo i was like a freshman and all of these 11th grade guys like wanted to grind with me at bbyo dances and i was Wait, I did. I did go. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but like Turkey Trot is that BBYO? It could be like in your guys's. Every BBYO is different. Like every state. Okay, so we would like me and my friends would randomly go to these random Jewish events, and like the boys were always such freaks. But it was just like such a thing to go, and. I did go to like some BBYO meetings because one of my friends was in it. I don't know, but I wasn't a BBYO where I can't, I can't have that badge of approval, but you totally screamed BBYO. <laughs> well, I wanted to do like a whole segment with one of those questions I've been asking on my account, but I feel like we've talked for a while, so maybe I'll do that another time. I don't know. You're always welcome back here, but thank you so much for coming on you. my podcast. I'm so happy. Um, tell everyone where they can find you the new pod your stand-up your tiktok plug everything yeah okay so the podcast is called bad advice with reagan anthony when you like look it up on like spotify or apple Podcasts, whatever on tiktok and instagram the podcast is bad advice with reagan um I'm like the most, I have like no consistency in my social media accounts. No, my, it's okay. My Instagram, it I know. My Instagram is that's so Reagan, but it's like two S's, like that's so, and then two O's in the so. And then my TikTok is that's so Reagan, like the same way as my Instagram, but with a one at the end, because somebody else has two followers and won't respond to my DMs. Is that no so Reagan? Way. I was like, I will pay you. But like now I don't want to pay for the handle because I don't want to like lose my my account. Yeah. That job. It's okay. When this episode comes out, we'll tag everything. Thank you. Um of course. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was so fun.